Welcome to episode 29 of Kratom Sobriety. I'm Jacob, and I'm here with Decima. Decima, how are you doing today? I'm great, Jacob. How are you doing? I'm doing good as well. Thanks for asking. Good. So today on the episode, we've got an interview with Chad. Chad found himself addicted to the feel-free shots, as well as um, using some OPMS shots and regular Kratom. Uh, he had a relapse in the middle there and some experience with medicated assisted treatment too. So it's a good conversation and I think one that our audience will enjoy. But before we get to that, Decima and I were going to talk a little bit about medicated assisted treatment and about opiate replacement ther- therapy and um, Suboxone as well as um, blockers like things like Vivitrol and Matt or Vivitrol, sorry. So Decima, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? You've been using uh, Vivitrol, I think, for a few months now? I have, yes. Tomorrow, I actually get my fifth Vivitrol shot. I do have a little bit of experience with other forms of MAT, um, Suboxone and Methadone as well. I've tried those in the past. My big thing is there's just so many different paths to recovery. Um, and all of these medications do not work the same. They, what works for you might not work for me. Or, you know, we all have to find our own path to recovery. Um, that being said, I have found that Vivitrol is what has actually been the best option for me. Reason why is because Vivitrol, it doesn't um, cause any sort of physical dependency. It doesn't alter your mood in any way. Um, You don't feel the Vivitrol, if that makes sense, in the way that you would feel like Suboxone or Methadone. Um, If I didn't get my shot tomorrow, I wouldn't get sick or anything. I would just go on about my life. Those are things that I really love about Vivitrol. My favorite thing about Vivitrol, all else, is that it does what it's supposed to do. It blocks the cravings. I never, ever think about Kratom. And to me, that was the missing piece of the puzzle. That was that piece that I just couldn't get whenever I was relapsing over and over again. So I know that you um, have a little experience with relapse yourself. So I would be, yeah, yeah, I I would love to hear um, what led you to Matt as well, Jacob. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking. And that's great that Vivitrol's um, been so good for you with blocking Kratom. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, relapse is what read uh, led me to ultimately uh, consider getting on a uh, mat and ultimately using Suboxone. Essentially, I had I had tried to quit Kratom extract the first time like two years before I decided to ultimately get on mat, and I probably went through cold turkey withdrawal. I could never taper. I tried that multiple times. It just never worked. So I'd, I'd go through the cold turkey withdrawal, and then the, the physical cues would stop after like five or seven days. And then the mental stuff would just keep lingering on and on. And that's what ultimately always kind of led me to relapse. So the last time was um, in the spring and I was at work. It had been like 18 or 19 days since I had last taken any Kratom. And I was 
But I remember being in the office and we had this like wellness room and I went and laid down because I was just so, I couldn't just do anything. And I was like, if I don't go get some Kratom extract now, I think I'm just going to jump out the window or something here because I just can't keep doing this. Um, so that was my last relapse. And then a few weeks later, I went and um, talked to my doctor who referred me to ultimately to a different um, doctor to get um, medicated assisted treatment. And it's been working well for me. I also don't really have any cravings or um, anything like that. I've also, I also had a, I have a long history of substance abuse. So like I had some opiate problems back in a long time ago and had a, had a lengthy alcohol problem that I've been almost alcohol free for almost five years now. And it's interesting because I find that like, I don't really have any cravings for, for drinking either. And I, I didn't really a lot when I was on Kratom, but towards the end I did. So there's a little bit of a difference there. One thing that you mentioned about the, you know, that I like about Vivitrol that, and I plan on um, ultimately stopping the, the Suboxone. I want to get like a year of continuous sobriety and then either taper or I'm thinking about switching to the sublocade shot because I heard that's a, it's a pretty good way to kind of um, get a few injections and then it kind of naturally tapers you off. Um, but I'm, that, that's kind of my plan there. But I, you know, I obviously am physically de- dependent on the, the medication and, and that's my one big, big kind of, you know, worry is I'm ultimately going to have to have to deal with that. Um, and I think that's the, like you mentioned, that's the big, I think one of the big benefits from Vivitrol or naltrexone and stuff like that. Right. I would agree with that simply because a lot of us, that's why we started doing Kratom was to get off of other opioids and opiates. So we're yep. constantly looking for something to help us. You know, um, ultimately, we want to be free. I feel like that's what we all want. I- I'll just be honest. My experience with methadone and Suboxone is the physical dependency was very strong the withdrawals were very strong. Um, it's nothing you're not going to be able to get through, though. If you, you know, are doing it under medical supervision, like it sounds like you are, um, and you taper down the way that you're supposed to, I do believe a lot of that can be alleviated. Also, you know, not going up too high. I think a lot of these medications, again, I have to say this, I always say this, I'm not a doctor or medical professional or anything like that, but my personal opinion is that it's slightly over medicated um, and the doses are really higher than a lot of people actually need. If you can keep your dose lower, I felt like that was easier for me. Um, I also used Suboxone once on a very short term basis, um, just three days, and it was less than two grams, uh, milligrams, I'm sorry. Over the course of those three days, I literally used it was the tiniest little corner. Yeah. It, it, it was less than a milligram on the first day. Then the next day I did the same thing. And then the third day I did half of that. Then after that, I did still have some withdrawal, but it wasn't, you know, anything that we can't get through. I, I think that you'll find success as long as you, you know, continue to follow the advice of your doctors and do it the way that you're supposed supposed to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I totally get why. I do want to talk a little bit about the differences between these medications. We had already touched on how the Suboxone and Methadone are physically, you know, you do become physically dependent on those in a way that you don't with Vivitrol. I'm wondering if there's any kind of like side effects that you have. When I started um, the Suboxone, my doctor uh, originally prescribed me 12 milligrams a day and like the second day like I know what over medicated feels like and I, that's what I felt like I was like I just wanted to sleep all day so like two or three days in I, I uh, talked to my physician and I was like I 
you know, this is, this, this seems like too much. Can we take this down? So she was like, yeah, let's go down to, you know, uh, eight milligrams. And then I was like, I, this still feels like too much. So ultimately over like a week and a half period, I, from when I started to where I ultimately ended up, I tapered down to four milligrams and that took away a lot of the side effects, but the side effects of that higher doses were like very, very much lethargy and very sleepy. I will say the first day I did feel like high. It wasn't like a fun, like euphoric high, but it, it had like the, the parts of an opiate high that kind of aren't fun, like the itchiness and the like, just, you know, not, not really nodding, but just kind of out of it. Um, so that was a side effect there. On four milligrams, I don't have a lot of side effects. The one thing that I, I do have that is sometimes bothering is like urinary retention, which is annoying, but it's nothing like super, super major. And I will say that like the longer time has gone on, the less my body's just kind of gotten used to the medication and the less side effects I have. I think one other um, interesting difference between um even suboxone and methadone that i i've never tried methadone but my understanding is methadone's like a full opiate antagonist so it can actually you can actually kind of ratchet the dosage up where you can do the same thing with suboxone but because it's a partial opiate antagonist you're not really going to get any benefits if you keep increasing the dosage so that makes a lot of sense um i remember some of the side effects that i had uh I would say, you know, being tired a lot was one of them. And usually, like you said, a sign of being um, your dose being too high. I did crave sugar a lot. And I seem to remember a lot of people did at um, that were at the clinic. So I gained some weight and I, there was a little bit of loss of libido. But I think that comes with um, opioids and opiates of all kinds. Um, now, the Vivitrol, as far as side effects go, there's also, I do want to mention that Vivitrol is the monthly injection of the medication naltroxone, which can also be taken daily and in a pill form, um, which also works really well for me. Uh, I want to say that between those, there were fewer side effects with the pill for me. In the beginning, it did make me a little tired, loss of appetite, which, you know, some of us don't mind that. Having <laughs> yeah. a few days without something to eat is good for your body sometimes. After having the shot five times now, tomorrow will be the fifth one, I have realized that I do have a very, I don't know if it's a common side effect, but it is a side effect that can happen to some people. It's bad. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, a few days after the shot, every single time, I have had 24 hours of pure hell. I'm talking, if you can imagine a stomach virus on top of food poisoning, on top of withdrawal, 24 hours straight, cold sweats. And at first I didn't know that it, like I was trying to figure out what was causing this. Was it the shot? Where, am I just getting mm -hmm. sick every month? But for this to happen every single month and my doctor did say that it is something that can happen to some people and it is so bad it's so so bad that i al i almost want to go to the hospital it's that bad oh, wow. um i've never heard of anybody else having the side effect so hopefully anybody else out there that you know i don't want this to keep you from trying it because i don't think this is a common side effect and it's almost worth it but one yeah. day Almost. Um, so for me, I'm about to make the switch to the pill form uh, next month. So okay. yeah, that is. And then also the loss of appetite can kind of stick around for some people. But um, for me, it's kind of all the other side effects have just mellowed out. Like you said, your body just gets used to the medication, I think, after a while. 
Yeah, the, the libido thing's interesting because I had a huge loss of libido on Kratom and it's yeah. actually better on Suboxone. So maybe that's why. And, uh, the sugar thing, I, when I quit drinking alcohol five years ago, I, I totally replaced it with sugar. So I can't comment on that because I already had that problem. Yeah. <laughs> Got you there. Got you there. You already mentioned that you plan to give the medication, um, a good year, which is a great plan, I think, because that's the same plan I have to give the Vivitrol a year um, until I feel comfortable on my own with it. So what do you think that year looks like for you? What, how, how do you plan on making that happen? <laughs> yeah, good question. For me, that year looks like full embracing and like really just focusing on recovery. So um, I've, I've gone back and started going to or restarted going to smart recovery meetings obviously helping with this podcast to do some service work. I also moderate some, some groups. So really, it's just throwing myself into that and building healthy habits. Like I, I've always exercised and stuff, but I did, you know, not focus on it as fully as I could have when I was on Kratom all the time. So it's really, it's really just that I want to build healthy habits to replace that with and then, you know, move on and continue those healthy habits once that year is up and I'm, you know, hopefully fully substance free. That's pretty much, um, that's dead on what I'm doing. I'm also trying to be more accountable to like professionals, like medical professionals and th seeking therapy, which is something yeah. I never did before. Um, trying to dig deeper. Yeah. So it sounds like a great plan. In what ways is your life better? I know there, for me, it's a million. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a million too. The, the first thing is, you know, I, I, I was having some just side of like, I wouldn't even call them side effects. I would say medical problems from, from Kratom usage, things like numbness, shaking from the, the neurological side effects, uh, stomach problems, dry skin. So I, all that's cleaned up, which is, is great. I unfortunately was on extracts mostly, which are expensive. So a huge financial hit there that I'm slowly rebuilding myself from. I could never stomach the amount of powder I would have had to take to sustain a habit at the end there. So all of that is, is, is so much better now. And like you, I think the, um, you know, being, being more accountable to professionals and stuff like that. Like I also have a therapist and I, I did do that during Kratom, but I, I, blew off a lot of appointments and wasn't the best patient that's for sure so i'm trying to be be more focused on that but every everything's all, all like a it's like night and day from active kratom addiction where i was constantly chasing that high and, and trying to get a feeling that i could never get back yeah, right feeling like you couldn't do anything without it i also want to mention that i i became more accountable to family members too i just thought about that like my partner i used to hide my use from him and when I finally became honest and accountable, it just, it made a, a, all the difference. So, um, same. I did yeah. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy how we just try to hide it and do it on our, our own. And yeah. I tried a zillion times to do it on my own and I just couldn't. So this is definitely different this time. It sounds like it is for you as well, which is, um, so good to hear. I will say this life is not perfect now, but I can deal with the shit so much better, much easier when things happen, big things, bad things that life, you know, throws at us. The other day I was just sitting there kind of depressed because I recently lost my job and oh, I'm just I'm like, sorry to hear that. thank you. It's going to be okay. But 
you know, I'm just like sitting there feeling depressed about it. And I'm like feeling depressed. And I'm like, you know what? This feels good to feel depressed because I'm supposed to feel depressed. In the past, I would have tried to numb that depression and feel something I'm not naturally supposed to feel, you know? So it's, it's a whole different... I'm a grown up now. <laughs> I deal with uh, feelings like, like a grown up shit, I guess I'm trying to say. <laughs> I did a lot of the similar things where like I was always trying to, to numb all my feelings out. And, um, you know, I if, if you're in, in recovery and listening to this and you're like, every day is great, 100 percent, like you might be on a pink cloud. It's you're going to have good and bad days. So that's that's life, you know. Yeah, and ride that pink cloud. I'm not going to say don't enjoy yeah. it because enjoy it is it. a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I'm just so glad. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, just don't don't be surprised when life becomes life again. Um, you're going to be really impressed with yourself when you see how well you can handle it. It's going to be so different. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to have this uh, discussion today, Jacob. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. Um with matt and it was really great to talk to you yeah really great to talk to you too thanks for sharing your experience and on to the interview with chad This week on the podcast, we have Chad. Chad found himself using the, the feel-free shots and has a whole story to those. Um, but I'll let Chad go ahead and uh, tell us that. So, you know, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a lot of things. I am a health and safety pr- professional, so I get to travel all over California, Nevada, Arizona, and go to all these crazy industrial places that make all the things that we need and try to talk them out of not killing people. Uh, I'm a musician. I'm uh, a stepdad, dog dad, and all that rolled up. Yeah, you got you got a lot going on there. Um, that's cool, though. Health and safety inspector. I've never, um, I don't think I've ever, inter- well, I definitely haven't interviewed anybody um, that has that 18 profession. 18 years in. 18 years in. Awesome. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about the last time you had uh, the feel free shots? So it's been, there was a lot more than the feel free at various times, but I don't actually okay. know my sobriety date. It's, we're about a month in. I okay. learned that when I was trying to do a rapid taper, uh, as somebody that had already been dealing with sleep issues and sleepwalk and things, conscious or otherwise, when I was doing a taper, I could uh, get up and take a feel-free shot and not know. All right. So I don't know the actual day, but we're we're about a month in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first came into contact with Kratom or with with Feel Free, and uh, you know how does that, how did that story start? I had no addiction issues before. Got prescribed oxycodone for like mouth surgery, like eye surgery, like didn't finish it, didn't have the itch to ever do that stuff again. Never smoked weed in my life, would drink a bit in the past. But when I started dating my wife, soon to be ex-wife back in 2016 or 17, right? She has a, she has a terrible bulging disc in her neck. So she's been on Norco for a decade and wanted to get off. And at the mm-hmm. same time, 
listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and I don't remember which Bell brother it was, but they're on there talking about the efficacy of kratom, and it's 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 this magic thing that will fix everything in your life. I started to read about it for her, and she started to take it. It helped, and her pain management specialist, because they they drug test you for that. Uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that you're actually taking the stuff that you're buying and not selling it. And they said, what is this other thing that's in your system? So she had to stop immediately. And what, whatever it was, the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, just looking at the bottle of powder capsules sitting there and just, I feel a little crappy today. Let's just, let's just see what this does. And then fully down the rabbit hole. So I went from, you know, a capsule a day to taking fistfuls of them stopped for a while once i realized that oh this is actually a it's it's hitting the opioid receptors i'm going into withdrawal at various times and then started again and built up quite the tolerance and eventually found my way to the opms gold and eventually the black shots and then the feel freeze and it was at one point probably taking enough to kill a rhino We've had a couple guests on the podcast that haven't um, had any prior substance abuse struggles. I actually um, talked to one not too long ago that their first kind of foray into addiction was um, Kratom. So that's not super uncommon. So how long did that progression take? Like you started, it sounded around like 2016, 2017-ish. Yeah. You know, and there were, there were a couple of quitting phases in there of just like, done. I'll deal with the three, four days of feeling like mm-hmm. crap. But it it really got bad. Last year was definitely the worst year. And then had a come to Jesus moment with my wife in January. And she's, hey, you need to get out of the house because this, you know, all the lying and negotiating and hiding and the spending money. It's, I did not marry a dumb woman. So it's, you know, we yeah. we think we can be real sneaky and smart and all the things and we're not (laughs) yeah i've 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 totally totally been there where did you kind of i guess end up was it was it mostly on the feel free shots or was it like all all of them together etc i was was, so at uh at the height i was taking waking up from withdrawal at 3 30 in the morning so i'm driving to 7-eleven i'm buying two feel frees just to fall back asleep and then i'm taking at 6 a.m. I'm I'm taking a OPMS gold capsule, and then I'm taking uh, at 10 uh, an OPMS black shot, and then sprinkle in some feel freeze for the rest of the day, and alcohol mixed in there at the end of the day to just stave off the withdrawal for as long as possible. Wow. Um. Was so you mentioned the um you know, the, the strife with your, your spouse, um, was, was that what ultimately led you to make the decision to, to quit? And you said that was in, um, or the early part of this year. Yeah, it's in it. I, I made some mistakes and I know this has definitely come up on the podcast, but I'm stubborn and don't like going to the doctor. So it's, I figured out, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out the easiest way to make this the least painful process possible. So January 16th is when I was 
done earlier this year. And like I said, I'm a month clean now. Um, so I found a telehealth doctor and she recommended Suboxone and I didn't do the research that I should have. And she recommended doing tabs for a minimum of three months. And that didn't sound right, knowing mm -hmm. what the withdrawal would be. But yeah, I did it. All right. I'm talking to a doctor. Trust her. And two months in, I was talking to a friend that did heroin for a very long time. And he was on Suboxone for five years and had a hard time getting off and just immediately recognized that, hmm, this is, this is going to be a problem. And the doctor was not on board with me stopping. So I took matters into my own hands and did a rapid taper. And um, that was far worse than getting off Kratom or alcohol or anything. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> if, when you're, when you're going to taper the box and you got to do it very, very slow and very, very low uh, with, with hopefully the, the help of a doctor the whole way. So I could, that had to be uh, very painful. Yeah. Did that um did that lead you back into to using kratom or how it, did you get did you get through it? Yeah, I I got through it. There were there were some wow you know a couple that, nights there for two weeks that I could have or would have killed myself if I had the ability to do it and didn't just out of obligation to family friends you know it doesn't matter it did it didn't happen made it through weirdly so that was like march april i didn't touch kratom again till june oh wow um that had to be kind of psychologically scarring and all, all that all that stuff i, I appreciate your your vulnerability your vulnerability and your your um, willingness to, to talk to us i know um it's probably not not easy to to relive some of those moments i know it isn't for me sometimes yeah, it's well. I was also diagnosed with autism this year, so it's there. Okay. Whatever filter that I had before is gone. Knowing what I know about my brain, you, you should be your, <laughs> you should be yourself. You shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't worry about that stuff. How did the kind of the first month go? That first time when you were off the the suboxone and off the kratom, um, how how did you you feel and how how were you doing at that point? It's you know I turned back into myself again. Mm -hmm. Just chemicals in the brain, skin health issues, you know, like everybody that does the feel free, it's, it got to the point where my skin was literally cracking open to the point of bleeding. I lost so much weight and did again. My body and brain and spirit and everything were so happy being off of that stuff and eating again and doing the things that make me happy that it was it was easy there for a while, which is why it became an issue later. Cause you know, we, we learned the hard way and I got cocky about that's, I don't have a problem. It's, it's fine. And yeah, you know, I definitely know that it's not fine. Yeah. I, um, when I got sober off of alcohol for the first time, I listened to this podcast called recovery elevator and the host talks a lot about, um, the three worst words an addict can say, or I got this. Which is basically the same thing you're saying. It's like, yeah, I'm good. I I don't need to worry about that. That's in the past. I can go do whatever I want now. And it's like, oh no, you gotta you gotta stay vigilant because unfortunately this this shit sneaks in and back in in insidious ways. Yeah, our our 
whatever that demon is, is uh, it's it's good at creeping its way back in. So, and, and relapse is is very very much. I would say probably the more common route with with addiction. I, I know for me it, it it has been. I've I've had a very bumpy, lengthy polysubstance uh, <laughs> addiction myself. So I I know all about that. Um, and it can be super discouraging. But you know it's it's unfortunately there's there's some of those people that are like you know I quit doing whatever my drug of choice was and I just left it there and I've been sober for twenty years and you're like you know they're they're all like they look like Superman or Superwoman and that's not the story for for most of us unfortunately. So once you had had relapsed and um, you were back in the thick of it how how did that progress and um did you did you use all the way up until you got clean here in august or have you been kind of or i'm sorry um i guess it would or about a month ago sorry and, and yeah. did you um like how that yeah, progression worked i went this time? fully down the rabbit hole purely just feel freeze there were days where i was taking 12 of them over the course of a day and when i'm at my heaviest i'm a hurt i'm 130 pounds so whatever the math is there for whatever I'm putting in my body. It, it, and when I went to the yeah. doctor last month, I was 113 pounds. When you got off about a month ago, what was, what was the thing that, that triggered it? How did it go? How the withdrawals go? How was the, you know, did the doctor give you anything to help? I went to my doctor, told him, it's, you know, I said, I'm, I'm going to die if we don't figure this out. And he understood, like talked through it. And the withdrawal was, literally nothing because it's i don't know if you're familiar with tramadol but we did it's i'm gonna give you a week's worth of tramadol and it's i didn't even need that three four days of it i felt nothing that was more than being sore from doing a lot of physical things you know the the anxiety was for sure a thing but Mm -hmm. i'm already anxious so that's not a big deal so taking some GABA, exercising, getting out in the sun. If I need to sleep on the floor with the dogs to make myself feel better, I'll sleep on the floor with the dogs and spending time with Jackson. And there's enough going on to fill my anxious brain for that to not be an issue. That's good that it wasn't nearly as, as bad as it sounds like it was the, the first time you, you got through it. All right, let's talk a bit about the 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 feel free um and you know was there something especially hard about that product or that that is a barrier to quitting it or that's that's a bit like more than let's say the the OPMS or just the regular kratom? Yeah, well, it's hard and I know mm-hmm. you guys have talked about this. There's something special in those things that hit every part of the lizard brain. Like whatever they're doing, whether it's fermenting the kratom or the fennel, something that people think is in there, whatever it is, it hits so fast and it's so short. So there's just that constant need to take another sip or a whole shot or whatever it is. Everything in my body just needed that all the time. I could take one and, you know, as much a dumpster fire of my physical health was last year i've never been more effective at work so yeah whatever it is 
It's really interesting that, that you say that because I like I felt the same way. Like I I was working a really really high stress job during like the midpoint of like the the pandemic. I would say like late 2020 early 2021 and like i got promoted i got like all this stuff and i was i had a huge opms black kratom habit at the time like massive like four or five of those a day and plus more kratom on top it was it was crazy but i was i was doing great at work looking back i don't i probably would have done better if i wasn't on it but it, you know i still was able to perform at that level which is something that with other substances i could never do the, the lies we were telling ourselves as good things are happening that like oh it's helping right you really can twist yourself up with with any substance but i think what's so vicious about and insidious about kratom is that it's like like you said it's it's it, you don't black out you don't like you're not gonna like nod out like you're on a like a strong opiate or something but like it does all those it satisfies that that itch in the back of your mind and and, and fills up those those receptors all the same and it is harder in my opinion to, to even or at least it was for me it was harder to quit than you know something like oxycodone because it was just so easy to get it didn't feel like it was wrong and i could really really convince myself that yeah it's fine it's just you know what a, a supplement that i'm gonna take to make my day better do you think that was was that also like a barrier one of the big barriers for you for for quitting it uh, the work or the accessibility oh both <laughs> yeah it's in california it's it is a struggle. It's if I need to get gas, and I do often because I drive maybe forty thousand miles a year for work. It's in every gas station yeah. without exception. So it's plastered on the door, and need to battle with that. Yeah, no, I'll be fine. I could have one like every day, all day. It's I miss taking it all the time, but as well, I'm not just not starting that over again. Is there, you know, what what is the support mechanism that you have? Is there anything you're you're doing to to support your recovery? NA is not super viable because they're learning about kratom and what it is, and the whole harm reduction thing is whatever it is. So can't do that because they're taking it there and handing it out and whatever. So it's. I shoved myself in a hole for a long time with my addiction and knew what I was doing and I'm a bad liar. So I'm just not going to call my friends or family or the people that I care about because I can't tell them that I'm okay because knew that I wasn't. So my support system now is listening to the podcast, doing this for accountability and telling everybody who will listen that, hey, I love you. I'm a bad friend. I'm sorry, but I am also a drug addict and an alcoholic. So if I'm not talking to you or responding or whatever, come find me. Every, every, everybody's different. So whatever, whatever works for you to keep you on the, on this, uh, off the kratom and, and make sure you're, you're living the life you want to live is, is yeah. all good in my book. What's your life like today, you know, now that you've got a month month out of off of off of Kratom, you know, how are how how are you feeling feeling yeah, today? How are I, things looking? Physically, it's I'm I'm getting there. I'm I'm putting weight back on. We'll get there. Going through the divorce. She's still my best friend, but I put her through a lot. Like I said, I'm moving three miles away. It's still gonna be in Jackson's life. One of the dogs is coming with me. Everything is going to be okay. 
there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's no easy way to put it. I didn't say like it's oh you'll get through it. You you will for sure, but it's it's just hard. You know, you, yeah, it's, it's it's hard. It's it's not going to be. Work. You got to just do the work. Yeah, yeah. But, so yeah. I, have a, I have a question for you. At the end of the day, this was the biggest issue. Like without the lying, spending the money, all those things. Um, kratom for you kill your libido. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it right. did. It yep. did. I I went from probably like very uh very active in that department to you know i i could be bothered maybe once a week <laughs> maybe less okay. sometimes and that's not not fair to a partner because with all the lying and the other things we're giving not, them no. nothing at that point yeah we're physically and there I'm, and that's it and then when you when you get off it kind of comes roaring back which is like the worst time for it. it unfortunately, it <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's I, it's yeah, yeah. Kratom and really any opiate is gonna seem to do that from from my experience. Unfortunately, all right. So, what is your like when you're having a bad day or you just want to jam out and not like think about anything? What, what music do you like to throw on? It's I know it's gonna hurt his soul when he hears it, but uh, I love the music that. Charlie listens to as well, but uh, I'm a I'm I'm an old school death metal guy, so I listen to a lot of cattle decapitation, the faceless necrophagist. Listening to that stuff helps get the crazy out. But I also like Bush from the '90s, um, at the drive-in, the Mars Volta. I don't know if you're familiar with synthwave. It's basically like pop music from the '80s that people are making now with like old equipment. And I I yeah. just I love old all music i do too i'm i'm pretty uh, i wouldn't say pretty familiar i'm i'm decently familiar with um with synth wave, synth wave. I've, I've seen seen some artists i think yeah gunship is amazing yeah i'm not super familiar with them but i'll, I'll have to check it out yeah check them out listen to tech noir that's that song broke my brain tech noir write that down all right, so what is the best advice you would give to someone that is um, getting ready to quit creating? It's that you can definitely do this. Find a community. There's Reddit has a couple good ones that, that helped me out, you know, for especially towards the end, specifically the, the feel free. Talk to people. Talk to your doctor. You're allowed to make mistakes, and it'll be okay. Two steps forward, one step back is fine, but just keep going and it gets so much better that's great advice the the mistakes part in particular i loved um i think you are we're all allowed to make mistakes i think for me i'm gonna just try to learn something from it and don't beat yourself up about it because you can't fix you can't go back and change anything you can only you know do things different as you move forward so yeah the only other yeah, answer and it, it's not for everybody, but it, it's this is when I'm having a hard time or something new pops up. Just not to be a total Rogan bro, but I'm a big fan of um, Jocko's video, good on YouTube. Of just I'm excited to figure out how to fix it. That's that's how I how I try to look at things nowadays too. Like it, how, what what's the challenge ahead of me, and how do I how do I get through it, and how do I you know take something away from it 
Is there anything else you'd like to, to tell the audience or any other topics you want to hit on before we conclude no, today? I, I don't think so. This was good for me and I hope for you and for the people that need to hear it. And we will all figure this out eventually. It was definitely good for me. Um, I always like to the opportunity to talk to other um, people that have gone through similar struggles. And, um, you know, I, I think these stories are, are really helpful. We, we get a lot of good um, feedback and the, the podcast is growing and there's there's not a lot of um, stuff out there specifically for, for Kratom. So that's, that's why I'm excited to be a part of it. And I'm really glad Charlie did it. And um, I'm really glad that you were willing to come on and, and, and be so vulnerable. Um, and uh you know tell your story so i appreciate that yeah thank you it's what you guys are doing is important awesome well thank you so much chad um have a really nice uh weekend i hope that your move goes well yeah thank you jacob Hey folks, it's Charlie. No time this week to put together a formal Kratom in the Headlines or a Resource of the Week. I want to thank Decima and Jacob for doing such a great job running the show this week. We did drop an interview on Wednesday with the journalist Edward Erickson, Jr. of Courthouse News. If you've ever wondered how Kratom is sold as a food, when some of us experience it as a drug and the regulation behind that, it's a very informative guest appearance. I want to play a voicemail from a listener. Take a listen. Uh, hey, Charlie. My name is Franco. I've been listening to your podcast, and it's been helpful for me. Uh, I would love to, to go on and, and chat and share my experience. 27 years old, I've, I've been battling with kratom addiction. I mean, the first time I used it was 2019, but it didn't really become an issue until about 20. 20, I'd say. Uh, over those, you know, two, three years, I've been attempting to quit over and over again. I'm a chronic relapser. Uh, I, I even went to a treatment center for it. You know, that's how bad it was. Franco, I know you're still out there struggling. Keep up the fight. We'd love to have you on when you're ready. And for anybody who's out there who is struggling, I want you to know that there are Kratom-specific online meetings on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights and Saturday mornings. Check out our social media accounts, find out details about that, or email us and we can give you the login credentials of that for those. You know, there's Reddit community groups that you can join, Facebook groups. You don't have to do this alone. There's several, several of the meetings have chat groups too, so contact us and we can get you in those group chats if you'd find that to be supportive. And Chad, yes, my heart was not hurt at all with your music selections. I did know that there was a engineer called Death Metal. I did not know that there was a engineer called Synth Wave, but as a product of the 80s, that is probably more my style. I did listen to that song that was narrated by John Carpenter, Tech Noir. I've never, I don't think I've talked extensively of, about these, but as a teenager, I listened to a lot of New Order and the Smiths and the Talking Heads. And then in the 90s, I followed Jerry Garcia around. And in the last two or three decades, I've listened to mostly music on my local public radio station. So, you know, if it's been on a 
Tiny Desk concert. I probably heard them this year. I went to a Willie Nelson, Bob Weir, String Cheese Incident concert. And then my brother and I went to a Cure concert earlier in the summer. In terms of Queen and Kratom, my anthem of late has been the song from Social Distortion called Ball and Chain. I wish I could play you out with it, but their record label has that song locked down. So I put together the Spotify playlist, Kick and K. Check it out in the show notes. And until next week, keep it Kratom free. We'll be right back.